What's up, everyone? Welcome to the London Music Podcast. This is Andre Sora. I'm shifting gears a bit today because of the pandemic and how interconnected everything is. I figured that the idea of only focusing on the London scene is a bit too limiting. So on today's episode, I have someone from the US, uh, namely Maya Moham, who is uh, an Iranian-American indie pop soul singer from Orange County, California. So quite a few miles away from London. And her music draws inspiration from the works of Bob Dylan and kind of the soul power of Aretha Franklin, with obviously modern influences like Bishop Briggs, Sia, Bastille, and Hosier. And her emotive production style is complemented by the raw vocals and the engaging harmonies that she has in her songs and kind of make them unique to her music. And she brings the the passion for storytelling into each song and focuses on moments in life specifically those moments that are hardest to overcome she recently put out a uh, debut ep called facade uh, where she explores uh, the conflict between the public and the private personas this is quite an authentic piece of music and it tells the story of how she deals with all of these issues but it also tells the story of something that everyone can relate to so without further ado i give you maya moham and I have Maya here with me. Thanks a lot for joining today. Thanks for having me, Andre. And I think the best place to start is obviously at the beginning. So tell listeners a bit about yourself, about your journey of getting here to this moment of the podcast. What made you want to become a singer, songwriter, all that jazz from the, from the beginning? I've been singing pretty much my whole life right out of the womb. I mean, I still can't stop, especially now. It's getting me through um, the darkest of times. I've been singing and performing for most of my life. All through school, I did choir and um, I was in musical theater. And it was really, honestly, like the best part of growing up, the best part of school. And um, my drama department when I was in high school was kind of like a, a garden of Eden for me because I grew up in an area where everyone, um, it, it's kind of like more of like an upper class area. And there's a lot of whiter Caucasian people um, who live in my community. And I was probably like one of like a handful of Iranians growing up in the area. And I always felt kind of out of place. So music was really something that made me feel like I literally and emotionally and mentally had a voice. And did that help uh, only on a kind of emotional uh, plane? Or was it literally just a sense of doing something with everyone regardless of ethnicity or whatever? Actually, a little bit of both. I felt like it helped me kind of find a community and feel a little less out of place. And it also kind of it, it gave me the confidence that I have now. I don't think that I would have I don't think I would have grown into myself as much as I have now if I didn't have it. it it's it's that much a part of who I am. But yeah, I've been performing pretty much most of my life. I, I've done acapella for about eight years of my life all through high school and through college as well. I feel like one of my strengths is that I really um, am in tune with not just vocals, but like harmonies in general too. And that's part of the reason that when I was sending you some of my demos, well, actually all of, both of them. <laughs> yeah, both, uh, of them, both of them were initially just acapella versions of what ended up being the song. Right, because like vocals and voices are so much a part of my development that when I first picture a song, it's typically, it typically comes to me initially 
acapella. And does that come with lyrics or is it mainly initially a melody and then the lyrics come? It's one of two ways. So either I also play the piano. So either I will, I'll come up with like an initial idea. And usually the first thing that comes out of me is like either just the chorus or like the first verse and a chorus. And then I'll kind of sift back through that and figure out what lyrically makes sense with what I'm trying to say. So it mostly comes from, I mean, in, at least initially, it comes from an emotion rather than just a specific idea that you have in mind. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's more like a stream of consciousness, I think. And then I'll kind of go back and um, dive in and try to figure out where that came from. When did this songwriting aspect come into play? Because you started off by singing, but when did you find out that uh, maybe I actually have something to say, I want to start writing my old songs? I had friends all through college that encouraged me to dive into songwriting and try it out. And I was always, I mean, it must have been fear that was holding me back because I feel like songwriting is such an, you, you have to be in a really vulnerable an intimate place with yourself to be able to songwrite well. I mean, that's what I believe. And I just felt like for a long time, I wasn't in that place. Like I wasn't ready to like face my inner self. But then about a year and a half ago, I moved to Los Angeles and um, I had this cute little apartment and this nice little window and I set up my keyboard right in front of it and um, I just started writing like I just started like really simply starting with you know taking simple chord progressions and just writing out what I was feeling and probably the first like 40 or 50 tries I hated everything that I was writing down like it all felt really either convoluted or superficial or just like like not really that honest but i, I think that's that's probably something normal I, I read an interview with ed sheeran once where he said that he only felt confident in his ability to write songs after he wrote 200 songs that no one liked yeah i mean i'm definitely like at the base of the mountain still and i i i'm still kind of like working out all the kinks maybe out of 10 songs i'll like part of one but yeah i mean Life is a journey. Life is a growing curve. So, but yeah, so a year and a half ago, I, I like would say I really started writing. I usually leave my nights to writing. And I, I, if I had an idea that popped up during the day, I'd usually, usually just use like my voice memo on my phone to capture something. And it could be like a, just like a part of an idea. It could be one word. And then I'd try to flush it out at night. But I kind of feel like I went through like a few different stages. Like the first stage was denial. Like I can't do this. And then it kind of became discomfort, discomfort in the sense of like, I could feel myself kind of peeling back my layers. Is that mainly just because you only write from experience? You need to have lived it to write about it? I mean, typically I feel like, yes. Yes, it usually what I found find lately, I find songwriting to be very therapeutic. It usually comes from something that I'm subconsciously dealing with that maybe I'm not consciously thinking about, you know, whether it makes me happy or sad, or if it's an issue that I'm, I'm dealing with, it usually is not something that I'm talking about or consciously thinking about, but then I'll sit down to write something and words will come out. And then I'll go back and read what I wrote down and I'll go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that was sitting back there or that I was 
sitting on that or like thinking on that at all. I had no conscious idea of it. So usually it comes from like subconscious um, issues or conflict that I may be dealing with that I don't want to face head on. You mentioned that even though you kind of feel at the base of a mountain now, do you feel that it's easier to write these things and explore these themes than it was when you were kind of 50 songs back? Oh, for sure. It used to be like I would kind of push myself and force myself to sit down to songwrite, but now it's like I need it. Like it's therapeutic for me. It's almost like how some people have like a journal that they'll write in every night. Instead of writing in a journal, I'll just sit at my piano and flush something out. And it usually helps me clear up my head like I can't even sleep if I don't do it before going to bed. So is it safe to assume that you kind of have an entire pool of songs that will probably never see the light of day in terms of the public eye, but have served the purpose of just getting you through a specific moment in your life? For sure. Yeah, I post some of them like on my Instagram story, but for the most part, yeah, there's there's quite a few that are like just for me to get out of my system. So what are some important themes in your music in terms of lyrical content? As you know, I just released my EP, my debut EP last month. And with that one, I specifically wanted to explore identity and specifically kind of how a lot of us have these two sides to us, this private persona, the person that we, you know, maybe we share with our close friends maybe we don't share with our close friends, and then our public persona, which is what we show the world. I started with a concept with that one, and each song on the EP starts from the surface and kind of becomes more vulnerable as you listen through. So all the songs on there kind of fit around that idea of me kind of trying to discover what I want and push away my fears um, and try to become a more authentic person, not just to myself, but to the people around me and to the world. And I think it's important to know that people should probably listen to the whole thing because it is kind of a, um, a story in a sense that is unfolding song by song. Because when I worked on the two songs, I didn't have the entire context. And only when listening to the whole album, everything kind of made sense now, the story did unfold in a linear way and in a, in a quite interesting way so i think people if they discover one of your songs should definitely listen to all five of from the ep to get the full picture yeah i'm i'm really glad that that translated i had a friend text me and explained exactly what i was going for in terms of storyline and um like stream of consciousness and i was really glad that that translated but yeah it's it's definitely something to listen to from start to finish and i hope that in some ways people can relate to you know showing their tougher bolder exterior and kind of like going through this mental process with themselves and honestly i feel like it's something that you know we may go through in one day or over the span of a month or, you know, really over an entire lifetime. Yeah, I mean, that was the intention to, to kind of ultimately say, like, it's okay to be both a vulnerable and strong person at the same time. You don't have to be one or the other to the world. You can show every part of yourself. You shouldn't be afraid to show every part of yourself, which I've definitely fallen into that fear before. And um, like, for example, the last track is waking up. Like, this is my way of saying, like, I'm not going to let my own insecurities or my fear of what other people think hold me back from what I want and who I want to be. Yeah, and I think the, the music itself reflects that uh, idea as well, just because you have what are essentially ballads 
on the same EP with some heavier songs in terms of the impact of the music, uh, the melodies, the performance, the production itself, the drums and all that. So it's interesting to, to kind of have this dichotomy on a lyrical level, but also on the musical level. So literally, if you strip all of the lyrics away, you still have that idea there and i think that's why people should probably listen to the whole thing because you can get the whole picture by just reading the lyrics or just listening to the music and especially when you combine these you get the full package which uh, i hope uh, people will get to experience absolutely and you did a wonderful job producing on those and i i love that you pointed out that musical dichotomy there because i feel like a lot of people see the in, in terms of like musically um, production wise, I feel like a lot of people see the fences and the waking up of me when they when they first meet me. And that's like the initial impression that people get of me is that like I'm, a you know, if I would say intense, but like kind of a, a bolder person. Um, but then there's the other songs like like Strips Away and um, my cover of Tidal Wave 2 and even Virago that are kind of more the other side of me that I keep closer to the belt. So how does the visual side of things link to, to all of this discussion? The EP artwork, I <laughs> that was actually a lot harder, probably the hardest part of putting this all together, I would say. I, I really enjoyed, you know, putting all the music together, but I feel like finding that piece of artwork that kind of tied everything together was really hard. I had a couple friends that are visual artists that were kind of throwing ideas at me um i think the initial i'll send it to you so you can see it the initial idea was this like black and white semi profile portrait of me that was all in uh, like vector line art but then i i did have this idea in the back of my head that i wanted some sort of shattered glass effect what i liked about the shattered glass is that it kind of showed the breaking down of identity i don't love the idea of including my face on epr i really wanted to go with some sort of emblem or something initially but i figured i thought that you know the title of the ep is facade you know, this is about me being brave. So I'm going to do something brave and I'm going to put my face on the front. And the broken glass is just to to kind of show that, you know, I'm not just beholden to the image that people see. I'm not a perfect person. I, I am, you know, broken in a sense. And there's different pieces and parts of me. And I kind of wanted to focus on my eyes because I really, I really subscribe to the idea that our eyes are the windows to the soul. So I wanted that to be a focal point as well. So yeah, I initially started out with this really rough sketch. I didn't want it to be too flat either. I wanted it to have a bit of a 3D effect too, so that it almost felt like you could reach out and touch me. And I think what people should get out of this is how important every little detail was to telling the full story. So even though you can get this, the sense of what the, the music is about and what you are as an artist from just one of these facets, if you put all of them together, you see how much attention to detail there is in this, uh, in this project. And I think that's initially what drew me to your songs as well. Just from listening to the demo, I could hear the layers of stuff. This idea of identity is probably something that everyone's dealing with and probably even more so nowadays with all of the craziness that's going on politically. So I think overall your album sends an important message and people will get something out of it even if they just listen to it once. 
Yeah, I really hope so. I um, One thing I've been speaking to a lot of my friends about is that being quarantined now, we don't have a lot of the same distractions or ways of coping with our issues that we may have had in normal life. So it does really force us to look inside and really literally take a good hard look in the mirror and decide who we want to be and ultimately and hopefully discover who we are. And not to end on a, on a sad note, what I tend to do with uh, the ending of these podcasts is to have a quick fire round. That's a bit more lighthearted. And I have three questions lined up for you. Question number one, what's your guilty pleasure song? Ooh, oh, oh, it's um, Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg. That's a good one. Question number two, the one musical thing you're amazing at. I'm amazing at? And this is not the time to be modest. Amazing at? Mm. I mean, I, I love singing any sort of blues music. I think I'm pretty good at that, I would say. Okay, so should we expect uh, blues in uh, your future or is it just the inflections in your voice that you like? I think it's the inflections in my voice. I really would like to bring the bluesiness and kind of smokiness of my voice to another genre. I think that might be an interesting combination, maybe something like electro pop or something brighter to kind of contrast it might be interesting. We'll see. Looking forward to that. And last one, what's the one musical thing you're rubbish at? I am pretty bad at guitar. I want to be better. I'm working on it, but I'm pretty bad. So where can people find you? Where can people listen to your music? Well, if you Google Maya Moham, you can find me pretty much anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I usually interact with people on Instagram. Listeners, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, I have started posting pretty much every day or every other day on my story, different songs that I'm working on, whether they're rough drafts or whatever. Um, like I said, I like to write every night. So Awesome. And I'll make sure in the description to add all of these things as well. So thanks a lot for joining me today. Uh, I'm sure we'll do this again, hopefully once the pandemic is over and and uh, we can talk about how wonderful life is again. Yes, that would be ideal. Until then, everyone, go on Spotify and listen to the EP. It's awesome. And thanks again, Maya, for joining today. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. And if you did, if you enjoyed my conversation with Maya, and if you're interested now in listening to her music, links as always in the description on all of these platforms and especially on Anchor, which is kind of the, the host that sends it to Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else. Please consider sharing it with your friends, all that jazz. And until next time, have a good one. And thanks again.